2004. And that's it for Counterspin for this week. Counterspin is produced by FAIR, the National Media Watch Group based in New York. The show is engineered by Alex Noyes. I'm Janine Jackson. Thanks for listening to Counterspin. Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBU in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about KBU Community Radio's open meetings policy is available by calling the station at 503-231-8032. Meetings will be held at 20 Southeast 8th Avenue in Portland. The Finance Committee meets the fourth Monday of every month at 4.30 p.m. is The Struggle with Alyssa. Portland, Oregon is the site of new organizing, new kinds of labor organizing. We know that for decades now, unions have been in decline and working conditions have suffered, wages have dropped, how much money you can expect to make to live is dwindling and it is because of a lack in union density and a strident labor movement. And in Portland, Oregon, we see some signs of hope, some new organizing, and particularly in a sector that we've all been programmed to believe is supposed to relegate you to poverty forever. Of course, I'm talking about fast food work. The Burgerville Workers Union has lit a fire under the butts of a lot of working class people who have believed that they're not worth it. And we continue to boycott Burgerville until they stop their union busting tactics and agree to the demands of the union. It's already catching fire and Portland is seeing its second fast food union the Little Big Union and Little Big Burger. I'm lucky enough to be speaking with Kenji and Danny from the Little Big Union. Hello. Hi, good evening. I want to first say congratulations. The rally was spirited and inviting. Uh, this was, of course, the first rally that the Little Big Union had, and it was sort of going public, putting yourselves out there to the community. Can y'all just talk about how you felt about that day and what's it like to kick off? 
Yeah, it was only a matter of time before another one rolled around, you know? Just happened to be a little big union. Uh, it was it was really exciting. I think uh, it came together uh, like most things like this do, and that's at the last minute. Uh, but no one knew that because it went really smoothly, and a lot of people turned out um, because a lot of people worked really hard to get a lot of people turned out. Um, I'm pointing, you can't see it because it's radio, but I'm pointing to, to Danny here. And um, it was amazing. It was really heartening. It like made me feel full for the first time in recent living memory. So uh, very, very promising start. I think the company is taking us very seriously, um, maybe a little too seriously, uh, but we'll get to that. Thank you. And I can attest to Danny's hard work. Uh, thank you for presenting to the Jobs with Justice board uh, and getting people excited about turning out. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, that's what I was doing for the Little Big Union, was outreach and trying to, to get people interested. It wasn't really that hard. I mean, people were, were ready to be there, kind of whether I got in touch with them or not so it was cool to yeah I, I felt really full that day too like Kenji was saying I felt I felt really proud so I want to just dive in a little bit into the history of the little big union what what was the germ because we need more of them all over the world germs <laughs> uh I would have to say that it was the Burgerville Workers Union. Um, I think they they lit the candle, and there's a lot of other fires that are being lit right now. Yeah, uh, it's lit. Just, it's lit, and we're just seeing the surface of it. I think. Um, I know that like the BVWU alone showed people that. Like this type of work is possible and it's like a DIY type of work that you can you can really just like make happen through some level of commitment and willpower and uh, marshalling some resources which in this town not every town um, you can actually just put a call out and ask for and they'll show up which is kind of like what we saw this campaign's roots started in literally just asking for help asking unions around town and uh, the IWW was the one that answered the call, and I think there was no better union to to say like, sure, why not? What is the IWW, Kenji? It's the Industrial Workers of the World. It's a bunch of uh, anti-capitalists who um, have been going for like 115 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very long and storied history. I don't even know the half of it but I know that um, they've been involved in a lot of service industry uh, union drives uh, in the past like 10 years Jimmy, thank god Jimmy John's in the Midwest uh, Starbucks, Starbucks uh, Burgerville Workers Union Stardust. Stardust workers who are killing it huge inspiration to us yeah excellent I also want to say that I got to be a part of this campaign because of two friends who were sick of bouncing around from shitty job to shitty job, um, and they like wanted to do something about it and kept getting electrocuted by the grills at Little Big Burger. Um, felt bad. Felt bad to not make enough money to live. Um, felt bad to not know when you were going to work and be able to plan for it, and they took action, and I was around to also working bad jobs and wanted to contribute and that was kind of the germ for me like a year and a half ago it was literally just three or four people saying this is this is horrible it needs to change can you say more about the conditions that the workers are being made to work in I know you mentioned being electrocuted by the burner like please talk more yeah, about that how do you right. get electrocuted by a I burner 
I can speak to that, um, but then I think Kenji probably knows more about what's going on with the working conditions. But when I first got into this and what kind of like piqued my interest in helping with this project was my friend Isaac Iger, who um, shout out I, Isaac. I played music with was not only he was cooking a little big burger on Northwest Twenty Third and was electrocuted by like a spare, uh, it was like a loose wire hanging down from the wall and it, it shocked him and he had to go to the hospital and then they called him back in to finish his shift afterwards. Um, it was terrific, right? And, and other people have been shocked since. Um, I think one other person, and there have been like other instances where there was just like a live wire hanging down and People, the, the what management decided to do was just like put up a sign that's like, don't go near this wire. Um, and I, I don't know, that I was like, yeah, I'm down, I'm down to help with this. Um, but would you want to speak a little bit more to the working conditions that you're facing now? Sure. Um, I haven't seen the worst of it, not even close. So a lot of it's anecdotal, but um, yeah, live wires. Um, someone else at 23rd uh, was shocked and had to go to the hospital and there was just this live wire they had to unplug the walk-in they had a meat delivery so like hundreds of patties of meat were just like sitting outside the walk-in for like three hours while they were trying to repair the walk-in and then they insisted on like using the meat after it had been sitting at temperature maybe I'm not supposed to be talking about this but someone's gotta um, I don't know if they actually ended up selling that meat. Let's hope they didn't and leave it at that for now. Um, yeah, just like abysmal stuff just like happens and they're, they're like okay with it. You know, there's um, a lot of transphobia. Uh, I've heard like disturbing stories that are like second and third hand of like some pretty racist uh, management practices. These aren't like like horrific monstrous people these are just like people who have done really uh terrible and harmful things uh and should know better and weren't held accountable by the company when there were complaints filed um company just doesn't take the working conditions seriously they're thinking about expansion they're mm. thinking about franchising they're thinking about how to make this brand get some uh, shinier wheels on it to attract investors because it is a very profitable model. It's very uh, um, low labor input to output ratio. So their margin is like really, really appealing to investors and their stocks right now. Um, maybe I, maybe we don't talk about this quite yet, but they, they are looking to like attract people so they, they can like help their, um, appeal on the stock market so uh what is the name of the company the the llc is little big burger but who owns mm -hmm. it chanticleer holdings it's a company that just is a sh chanticleer a holdings chanticleer holdings one more time chanticleer holdings chanticleer yeah holdings. they have a lot of other subsidiaries too hooters yeah hooters is a big one and I, the professor from Cornell, who you were talking to, Kenji, on OPB, mentioned that they have a history of really intense union busting. I mean, they have millions of dollars to spend on union busting. Um, I mean, I can only imagine that it was at Hooters, too. Um, it's, it's hard to say. They have other, like, burger-related subsidiaries as well. Um, but I wonder. I wonder, too. Um... I tried searching for it recently, this morning actually, but um, if there has been unionizing campaigns or any sort of like uh, organizing activity that's happened at Hooters, they've done a really good job of scrubbing it from the Google search mm. results, mm -hmm. which mm. I know is very possible to do if you have the money to do so. Sure. Well, I, I'm hoping we can also dig into the significance of uh, this this union in particular, but even more more broadly, uh, shout out to the Burgerville workers who I had on my show uh, about a month ago. I think that bringing in 
the importance of organizing people who are working in uh, for poverty wages is is important to tease out because the rent won't wait you know the the the, the cost of living is going up and of course it should be that every worker gets cost of living adjustments like as a as a floor right like don't get electrocuted by live wires is like the very least you can do mm-hmm. and then right after that should be cost of living adjustments yeah. how could you expect your workers to continue making the same wage even though everything else is going up and of course it shouldn't be that we have to struggle so hard to even get that but that that that's capitalism and so if if they gave you a living wage it would hurt their profits Uh, they would still be profitable there still would be expansion but yeah Yeah. i mean they paid seattle workers 15 dollars an hour they already pay people 15 dollars an hour (laughs) with tips yeah. It, not including tips, I mean, with tips on top of that. And of course, it's not because they're kind. It's because of the successful wins of the 15 Now campaign mm-hmm. in Seattle. So thank okay. you to every activist that helped make that a reality. Mm-hmm. And of course, it was the restaurant lobby that fought against it the hardest, promising that they would shut their doors forever, and that didn't happen. But... It does mean that their profit margins are just a, a tiny bit smaller, and that actually is enough for them to deride the idea of paying people more money than what they are. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of shows, at least um, in the short and medium term, that it doesn't drive prices up. Prices of Little Big Burger burgers in Seattle are actually lower than they are in Portland because they want to be. Um, you know, being they want to create a name for themselves in Seattle as well. So right now they're doing their grand openings of really three stores, three really new locations in Seattle. Um, the third one might not even be open yet, um, but they want they want to create that branding of a really affordable hamburger that's yeah. like really good and really high quality, which you know it is. But if they can do it there. They can do it here. We're catching up with Seattle and cost of living. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, you just look anywhere and they're, they're a minimum wage employer. So I also want to just acknowledge that it's IWW. Again, we've already talked about this, the industrial workers of the world that have launched uh, these really bold union drives that other unions have not and I think that that needs to be something that is acknowledged and it's not it's not a way to deride people who have already been doing the work in the labor movement but it's it means something that a union that is on a shoestring budget that doesn't have paid staff that they are the ones that are organizing this sector which is so clearly sort of where the, the the near bottom is and the overall race to the bottom. Mm-hmm. So if a capitalist can pay you less, they will. And that's not more clear anywhere else than in fast food. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I totally agree with that. Um, and when this campaign was sort of just starting out, most major unions were not wanting to go with it, which, you know, like a lot of them wanted to be already very far along for it, for them to kind of take it out. But ILWU, um, Local 5, which did PALS, was actually down um, along with IWW. I just want to acknowledge that, that they they were willing, and it, it just kind of, through... Um, just a series of events ended up that IWW was the place. I think it makes sense with Burgerville. I mean, to be to be working in that same sort of stream. Um, but it needs to be supported. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, definitely. I think that that what you mentioned with the shoestring shoestring budget. Yeah, solidarity unionism. You know, rather yeah. rather than um, 
dues that come directly out of your check and go mm -hmm. into the coffers. And by the way, ILWU is the International Longshore Workers Union. Right. Just so yeah, we, yeah. we want to explain explain all uh, the acronyms. acronyms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many acronyms. <laughs> um, What's a longshore worker? A longshore worker. Well, they they're they're also an injury to one is an injury to all. So and they're anti-war. Yeah, one of the yeah. only explicitly anti-war unions. Very mm -hmm. important. Yeah, and they just did Anchor Steam in San Francisco. Like they're doing great things too. I think the IWW, though, it's I don't know. I've I personally have experienced like a lot of kindness coming out from that union and a lot of support. And um, it is a very small budget, and it's mostly. I mean, I I like it because it's. It's a lot of community members. It's not just people who flip burgers. It's people who work in childcare. It's people who work in other retail um, coming together all as minimum wage workers to support different campaigns, which I think is really special. I've not experienced that in other unions that I've been a part of. Mm. Um, feels really good. Yeah, just cross-industry organizing even if it's around one specific industry for example let's talk about fast food you get some teachers some carpenters some longshoremen longshore workers um, you get mechanics like people from different industries coming in and like sharing their knowledge sharing the, their resources around a specific campaign makes that campaign so much more um, much more of a force to be reckoned with. It's very vibrant and, and lively. Yeah. yeah. That's how I would uh, describe the, the first rally, the kickoff. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the community support is like this summer when more people are out and about, the days are longer, warmer, and uh, people are less likely to be deterred by the cold weather and the rain. Right. I'm looking forward to see what uh, the little big union does with that opportunity, really. We certainly are too, yeah. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I, know, I knew what was in store. Mm -hmm. So since the rally, uh, what has happened? What's the report? So um, It was a week ago, by the way. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're coming up on a week. Um, a week ago tomorrow, we actually announced ourselves to our coworkers in the region by posting in our like work chat that the company uses for scheduling and shift coverage. And surveillance. And surveillance, apparently, now. Um, we announced ourselves. We created our own work chat room with only workers. We accidentally uh, invited some managers, but not the general managers in. General managers, of course, help themselves. <laughs> entered into the room as they had every legal right to do, I'm sure. Um, but they didn't announce themselves and they were just like watching the conversations play out. But it was really cool. Like not, none of that detracted from like what was happening that day, which was us announcing ourselves. Each of us, like not each of us, like, but a bunch of us posted um, in that chat room and just announced ourselves, announced our presence said that the union is very much real and is launching tomorrow and we had that rally the next day and we presented management with a letter and, and that letter asked for recognition and asked for uh, neutrality and like yeah schedule fair and consistent scheduling mm -hmm. five dollar raise which people think is too high of a number and we should talk about that later which yeah we should really dive it into comes that up a lot actually in my life a five dollar raise being like yeah people really don't think that they deserve that we'll, we'll get to it we'll get yeah. to it yeah just you wait um <laughs> and so they have managed somehow in one statement to um disrespect us by not um meeting any of those demands without even like responding to us. They haven't gotten back to our email. We emailed them directly. They haven't emailed us back. The deadline is tomorrow. So it's, they're taking their time. They're using that time. I hope very like wisely to educate themselves. They've admitted that they don't know much about unions, but I guarantee the firm that they've clearly already hired mm -hmm. to um, consult on how to bust up a union 
does know about how unions work. And so they really just don't have an excuse, but they're um, really busy in the work chat that I just mentioned, mm. providing excuses to workers who are calling them out when they provide misinformation or when they're like, no, we really actually do want this union. You know, maybe, maybe we have it better off than a lot of the fast food world. That doesn't mean we have it good. Right? And so, or that it's enough to live. That it's enough to live. Um, the people who have it best I mean, it's off. Just, it's low self-esteem. Yeah, yeah. We, we all have very low self-esteem and low expectations for ourselves, which is why we're so content to accept what we're given and to be, and to like buy into the narrative that like we ought to be grateful for yeah, sure. having a minimum wage of $12 an hour yeah. now. Which the company I mean, serfs, serfs used to be grateful to the lords. Right, like that. This, this, it's very common. Yeah, uh, you know, abused children yeah. are thankful to their parents. Abused spouses are thankful to their uh, significant others. It, it's very common when you're mistreated to actually be thankful for whatever it is that you do have. Yeah, it's right. it's a tragedy. Yeah, and I think that that that's a really good point. That this is it's come to be expected that this is just horrible and that that's okay it's okay to to expect like having to arrange your life around not knowing when you're going to work or not being able to pay your rent sure because um, if you don't like it you can leave exactly and i think that that's part of what this union is for is to try to make fast food not a bad job like it's part it's trying to make fast food a job that can support you yeah that people don't actually come to expect that in um which sounds ambitious sadly yeah. but i think it is like a big a big goal i think about the the a book that i read and chime in if you've read it it's called forked by saru jayaraman who is a leader in uh the restaurant opportunities center rock which uh, is very close to labor unions, but they uh, work more on the le on the legal side rather than organizing and, and collective action and contracts. Mm -hmm. And she identifies the historical significance of uh, food service, and the reason that it's paid so low is because originally in this country, the United States of America, so-called United States of America, uh, it was work that enslaved Africans did, that they prepared food and that was their role in society. And uh, upon the formal abolition of slavery, that was of course the role of uh, a woman in, in a nuclear family. And that when restaurants became more widely available and and people spent more time outside of the home that work w fell on the shoulders of women both in, in in preparing and serving and cleaning and that hey uh, if you've got a legacy of racism and sexism in an industry in its infancy in a settler colonial regime like the United States of America well then the devaluation is already baked in the cake. No pun, right? So that we we must transform that. We don't live in formal slavery, and women do not have to commit themselves to making all of the food and serving their family. Women have options. Black people have options, and I hope that fast food workers who inherit that legacy, whether they know it or not, I hope they want to fight too. And I think that it's the role of people like me and the cable listening family to respond when people are brave enough to advocate for themselves in an industry that would otherwise crush them into poverty forever. Mm -hmm. So I think from cable, the entire family people who work, volunteer, listen, a, a very sincere thank you. Uh, once again, um, this is Kenji and Danny from the Little Big Union. This is Alyssa Pariah, 
on cable community radio 90.7 don't change your dials i want to talk about in the future any plans that you can share and that you would like to share with the uh with the listeners at cable and in the portland community and beyond what is it that you want people to know or do or how do you want people to relate to you you want to start yeah um i want people to be curious i want people to ask questions um i want for people to uh get involved in their own way and just be interrogating their own biases that they have uh, about fast food work you know everyone just about everyone who hasn't had to work in fast food has the luxury of walking in looking into the kitchen being like oh man that's terrible back there so glad i don't have to do that paying for your food either being nice or not being nice to the person who you're dealing with eating that food and that's the end of it you know maybe you read a yelp review congratulations um yelp i don't know people write yelp reviews for us yelp oh i'm sorry i don't know it's not good it's not a good thing i find yelp to be so irritating oh it's so repugnant it's It's like snitching like institutional snitching i don't understand okay you hear that yelp (laughs) your snitches i I, I just i wouldn't i wouldn't do that Okay. okay no 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 hopefully you're not one of them um, and if you are, cease and desist immediately. Uh, anyway, so you have that luxury of it being at an arm's length or maybe a football field's length away from you. And you don't have to, you don't have to spend your uh, livelihood working, getting burnt, spending long hours on your feet, being treated like garbage by your manager, having a schedule that comes out two days you know your your schedule for the next week comes out um, two days before the next week rolls around so you have like a 48 hour turnaround time to plan your next week and it's only one week um even though that is against oregon law yes some people are probably already thinking that but so what's the the loophole is there one no there's no loophole they just think they have one there's no there's no fight back they're a small business they said that they only have like 500 people and so that they're, they're oh, so are they just use, using the letter of the law can you can you repeat that yeah so i mean from my understanding they they believe they're exempt from that law because they're a small local business with only 500 workers and when in reality they're a multinational corporation they have uh, they're gigantic like they can they can afford to make that happen with scheduling but oh. they're in south africa yeah. Wow. I mean, it's a lot. Okay. Good. Good morning, South Africa. Uh, um, fight the boss. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I feel like um, one thing that I hope people recognize and and learn, I guess, I don't know, see in our union that um, that I have is that it, you can have a place at your job. You know, you can have a voice in it. Um, and that you deserve that and it's not okay to just settle um, over and over again and this this project has been really affirming for me and like actually internalizing that and believing that and moving forward in my life and I hope that other people see that I know that other people have seen that um, and if that message can be spread at all then this is worth it and meaningful for me so particularly uh you know honing in from sort of generally the community that you know the listeners on kebu and you know maybe people on the left who are going to show up to a picket anyway any and every self-respecting socialist and anarchist you are supposed to be on every picket line period so that's one Get it together. but uh, um, what about existing unions how do you want the existing labor movement to uh, relate to you what is the ask uh, there are multiple asks uh, one is start supporting and directly backing fast food campaigns start trying to figure out how you do that I don't care 
if you've historically only done service workers outside of food industry, if you're if you primarily back hotel workers or janitors or mm-hmm. uh, nurses, just these these like the categories that these um, that business unions and other larger scale unions um, operate in, I think don't need to be as constrained as they actually are in practice. And this is not to like discount the like amazing work that a lot of people, a lot of union staffers, a lot of staff organizers internally and externally uh, do for these organizations. It's incredible. Um, I have a lot to learn from people that do work like that. Um, but there's, there's no reason that like people who are like suffering in in the grind um, should have to go to these people, ask for help and be turned away because that's not the type of organizing they do. That's what the Burgerville Workers Union was told. That's what the Little Big Union was told in its infancy. Not by everyone, as Danny pointed out. ILWU Local 5 did extend its hand and it's a great union. Um, Props, big ups to uh, ILWU Local 5. but you know the the ask is also to show up to our picket lines to help us financially if you have the means um let's collaborate on projects how do people contribute financially you can go to our website littlebigunion.org you can follow us at littlebigunion on twitter facebook or instagram Mm -hmm. um but yeah donations uh can come through the website you can buy a t-shirt, mm-hmm. you can buy a button, you right. can uh, sign up on our email list and do some volunteer work for us. Excellent. We need people to be like uh, distributing like window signs, flyering for us, like the amount of help that we are interested in accepting doesn't have a limit at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's not as though we're like at capacity, we have everything we need. We don't charge dues, we don't have that much money. Uh, we're lucky we have any money at all. We are currently using money that was collected through dues payments of IWW members, and we are super indebted to the IWW members all over the country. That mm-hmm. like again, it's IWW Industrial the- Workers of the World. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, y'all know who you are if you're listening. Wobblies yeah. out there, um, but that's really important. You know, it's not a lot. But it's it's been enough for us, and it it's, it will continue to be enough, I think, for people who uh, are trying to make work like this happen yeah. in their workplace. I do, I think so, and I also do just want to nod to all of the people who have been supportive, um, Jobs with Justice, Labor Notes, um, I feel like I could name like another 10 or 15 acronyms of unions and I won't, but there have been a lot of good responses um, just as somebody who's like cold emailed them (laughs) saying what we were doing. People actually were really receptive and I feel like our, I don't know, they're catching on that this is a really important thing and that you can organize anything. Mm-hmm. Um, any place, even if it's non-traditional, and and that there's in um, fact you we must, and in fact that we must, yeah, yeah. exactly, and that there. That I I do want to just say thank you to the people Excellent. who, if they're listening, that emailed me back <laughs> and showed at this <laughs> uh, showed up to this rally and have also contributed. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, a number of folks have already contributed and donated which is incredible it's just like it's a yeah really really cannot be uh overstated how important like the individual contributions of people are um and go, kind of going back to one thing that i meant to say earlier uh on the the piece of like uh having a voice like the way you start having a voice as a worker if you literally don't have one if you literally can't speak up um, even to your closest coworkers about the working conditions, start meeting outside of work. That's all it takes. That's what a union is. A yeah. union is two people, at least two people, getting together and just 
talking about their working conditions. It doesn't matter if it's just base griping. That's where it starts. That's where this started. That's where any labor struggle starts there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, can we just talk about how garbage this job is? That, that's what. That's literally what it is. That's where it starts. So if you're already doing that, you're already organizing. You just need to get yourself a little bit more organized and set some goals, set achievable goals. It really is that simple. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, it really is. And I feel like, um, like I mean, to come back to this again, we sound like IWW fan club a little bit, but I feel like... Just rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so, maybe. I, I feel like they're... As I mean, I'm not a... I don't work in fast food at all. I'm a child care worker. Thank um, you for your work. And, and I feel like that these people who work in fast food have my back, you know? There's like a huge budget shortfall right now, budget gap um, in Portland Parks and Rec. And I know that when I go to organize in my union that they'll have my back and I have theirs. And that's something really special about the IWW is like it, it invites you no matter who you are. One big union. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, uh, can we get some final words for cable listeners, for posterity? What is it that you want from people who are listening in uh, now and in the future on cable? Uh, Follow us, please. Just follow us on uh, social media. That sounded really desperate. <laughs> please, but, please, for the love of God, yeah, that's, that is the the yeah, essence of social media now. I get that it. Is, yeah. Um, Let's face it. Desperately or not, it's we would appreciate it if you followed us. Um, there's going to be a lot that's, that's a lot water. There's 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 going to be a lot that's going to be happening in the next several weeks. The company's deadline again is tomorrow, which is Friday, March twenty second. Um, 6 p.m. is the is the time that we gave them to respond to our demands of recognition, to agree to neutrality, which means just not coming in and trying to bust up the union, and non-disparagement, not talking smack on the union. Um, they've already set off on the path that we're asking them to not venture down. It sucks. Uh, hopefully, they're able to backtrack. Hopefully, we can just be forthright enough with them and they can find the open-mindedness to sit down with us let's just like have some let's have a delegation of both of our people just sit down and at least just exchange some words in real time yeah you know like can't can't we just do this the old make sure make sure you do it on the record they didn't even respond directly to us which is disrespectful i mean you can maybe speak more to that kenji but i just i noticed that we emailed them directly i noticed that we we came to them one-on-one asking for something and they responded really differently yeah they responded um in the work chat and they responded um by issuing a statement which um both of those were identical statements nearly identical so it's clear that the person who signed their name at the bottom of that statement in the work chat, who is the general manager, who I'm not going to name right now, but I probably will have to name later, um, uh, didn't write that. They, they, they're sourcing their language from the very cookie-cutter handbook of union busters. It's union-busting material. If someone's coming out the gates and saying, we're not anti-union, if someone's coming out the gates and saying, We'd like to make sure that this is this represents the interests of all workers and not just a select few. That's a, that's a tactic. It's meant to sound neutral. It's meant to sound reasonable, um, and it's something that does fool a lot of people. It fools me. It, yeah. Like when, the first time I read it, I was like, "Oh, that's pretty decent of them." And I was like, "Hey, wait a second. Yeah. You're just you're you're speaking in code, and mm-hmm. it's exactly what they're doing." And we have access to the very resources that they are using to craft that language Mm -hmm. we have the same textbook chanticleer we know what your next move is going to be i read it i read it i've studied it many of us have well make some copies and give them to your coworkers. yeah already done (laughs) excellent (laughs) we're working on it okay i encourage uh, sort of from the outside um i encourage everyone who 
go to Little Big Burger. Even if you don't, give it a shot. And uh, if only to talk to the workers. Yeah, talk to the workers. Go, go let into them a know. Let, let them know that that <clears throat> that you support them. Absolutely, go into the restaurant. Let them know that they have your support. Maybe give them a little a little bit extra in terms of a tip. And if people well, they don't wearing, pay them enough, you definitely should tip. They don't, yeah, exactly. We're not making a living wage. They tell us that we are, but we're not. We know our lives better than they know our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, Do they think your rent is two hundred dollars? Uh, they must. Oh dear. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. If people aren't wearing pins, union pins, tell them that you know it'd be cool if you were. Yeah. Be a lot cooler if you were. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to sound like Matthew McConaughey, but uh, no one should sound like Matthew McConaughey. That's the truth. If you take anything away from this interview. <laughs> Don't sound like Matthew McConaughey. This is Alyssa Pariah, <laughs> your friendly neighborhood agitator against Matthew McConaughey. And in favor of working class struggle, fast food unions, and little big union. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for having us. Let's talk again. Thanks. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it again soon. Okay. Ta-ta. <laughs> Don't shroom cream.
crying face down, waist down Remember when they told you I was too black for you And now my black popping like a bra strap on you I was kicked out, said I'm too loud Kicked out, said I'm too proud But all Locusts in Detroit. There's an earthquake in my. <laughs> and I just got word that there are zombies in Atlanta!
Listening to KBOO Portland. Up next, Rising Up Sonali. KBOO programming is made possible by KBOO listener members and support from Cotton Club Natural Beds and Furniture, women owned since 1981, providing sustainable wood furniture, locally handcrafted futons, latex mattresses, and more, using organic and natural materials. The Cotton Club showroom is located at 701 Northeast Broadway in Portland, online at cottonclubfutons.com.
KBU Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of the world premiere of Jump, co-produced by Confrontation Theater in the Milagro Theater. The play runs from March 21st through April 13th at the Milagro Theater in Portland. Jump is the story of a 20-something who is reeling from the death of her mother. She is looking for solace in a good place to vape, but what she finds is a journey of self-discovery. Again, that's Jump, every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday from March 21st through April 13th at the Milagro Theater, 525 Southeast Stark Street in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. KBU Community Radio is proud to co-sponsor the Community Forum on Zenith Tar Sands Expansion on Tuesday, March 26th at 7 p.m. at City Hall in Portland. The Community Forum on Zenith Tar Sands Expansion will address the realities of climate breakdown and the expansion of fossil fuels infrastructure. 